Welcome back to another edition of Kit Al Kaya, the podcast. I am your host, Michael Kraft. I'm joined again by Eli Hadley, and we've got our guest today. We've got on Rachel Howden. How are you doing today? I did good, thank you. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I remember we were supposed to have you on a couple of weeks back, but yeah. that fell through. But it's it's uh it is good to finally get you on the show. Thank you. Um we kind of talked before about um the importance of uh, culture and cultural diversity, especially on this campus. Um, we talked a lot about that on our episode with uh, Kelly Martinez. But I wanted to focus today a little bit on um, kind of understanding the concept of, of different sorts of privileges. Because um, that's kind of a phrase that I hear a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of us hear it a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, this uh, white privilege, male privilege, any, like, there's, there's a lot of different sorts of, of things that everybody will have in their life that they're not, um, you know, necessarily 100% conscious of that they just take for granted. So I wanted to focus a little bit on that today. Yeah, I think cool. it's a really broad topic. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty broad. I think that um, it's good, though, that we can, we can kind of talk about these things um, so at the very least, uh, give people kind of like a understanding of, of what something like that might be or how to recognize those things in their own life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, maybe we could start off with how we recognize privilege as we grew up. Um, mm-hmm. Do you mind if I share my story first? Yeah, go for it. So my uh, growing up in Delaware, very few members of the church there, but my dad was a bishop of a very, very, very needy ward. Um, we were the only active family that had kids. Well, one of maybe three active families that had kids. Mm-hmm. And so he would take me around to these motels where a lot of our members lived. And a lot of the time, these were his lessons to tell me, hey, you know, not everyone's as fortunate as you, right? And it was through these like constant visits that, you know, people who uh, had kind of been abandoned by society who had made bad life choices or maybe their parents had made bad life choices. Um, we'd visit them. We'd help them out with the food orders and everything like that. And, you know, that's kind of... Growing up, seeing that, uh, I realized, wait, I have it better off than a lot of people. And, and um, you know, it's important to recognize that because I feel like it makes you more grateful. It gives you this attitude of gratitude. Um, but other than that, it gives you this encouragement to want to um, help others and to be, you know, less selfish than we might normally be. Um, so I'm just really grateful that my father and my mother, who, who she was a really society present back in the day, um, yeah, they were really able to impress on me the importance of recognizing how much you have to be grateful for. And also, you know, how can we spread goodness around other people rather than keeping it all for ourselves? Right, yeah. I <laughs> think, so, I like how you were talking about how because of that, it made you feel like you're a more gracious person or, like, it changes you. And I think with privilege, I think it's really easy to talk about privilege, but what's the point of talking about privilege if we don't talk about, like, hate why is it important to recognize it? Because, Michael, like what you were saying, it kind of has become like a flash topic a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's something that's really easy. People see it as like an easy way of ending a conversation or like trying to just call out injustices. But I feel like it's not always like very effective if we don't understand why privileges or I guess the impact privilege has and like how we in society it's part of diversity where we have, we're all at different levels of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and how not being aware of that or just living your life in privilege can be really damaging to other people. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I think it's, it's been powerful recognizing because I think sometimes we think of privilege, it's has very negative connotations and people want to get defensive about like, Oh, well I'm not really privileged because I had to. Yeah. Yeah. Know, I had to go on a hike like this or yeah, whatever. Right. And, um, I think when we like, we can look at privilege and to kind of stick, take a step back and recognize how it's impacted us, whether negatively or mm-hmm. positively. And that I think is like where you can become a more empowered person if you can recognize your privilege and, and see kind of like, I guess, how society it like deals with the issue of privilege as well, too. No, definitely. I think um, I like how you talk kind of about how, how a lot of times privilege has sort of like a really negative connotation like mm-hmm. oh and people will get defensive like no I, I don't have privilege like because of, I know for a lot of people it can make them feel kind of like the struggles they've gone through in their life are being undermined mm-hmm. when it's just explained away like oh well you've had privilege so you never had to struggle or work hard for anything um, I think it, that's kind of the wrong way to go about it is, is kind of like diminishing other people's life experiences but I think it's important to, to sort of note that everyone has different life experiences mm-hmm. and has gone yeah. through different struggles. And it's not inherently a bad thing because that's just, it's part of how the world is that people are born into into different um, situations. And, you know, a baby who's born with a silver spoon in their mouth, that's not necessarily that baby's fault that they grew up like that. So I don't think it's fair all the time to sort of like, oh, you never had to struggle, so... Yeah, for sure. I, I think I like what you said about it's important not to penalize people or to f- think that they are just awful people because they were born into, say, a wealthy family. Um, however, everyone who grows up, you you know, you have to make a choice of when you're going to, you know, either kind of accept what you were taught or to decide for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as like people like recognizing privilege, I think about this one scene in one of the Hunger Games movies or um, second one, I think Katniss is at this big party. And these people, they keep drinking this wine that makes them throw up so they can eat more. Uh-huh. And then I think um, Peta, he's like, well, these people are, you know, they're drinking this thing to make them throw up so they can eat more. But people back where we live are starving. Yeah. yeah. And so there's this really interesting kind of people are this excess versus not having enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's definitely a danger of having like too much, which could also be it could be almost the same as having not enough because you end up becoming, you know, so desensitized to other people. And this like lit life of excess and greed. I'm not saying it's worse than not having enough, but it's a different kind of struggle, you know. And pe- and it's like you know we believe that we we live in an un- an unfair world, as Michael said, um, and because we chose to come to a world with agency, and sadly people with agency use their agency unrighteously on others, and then that continues generationally. So we have a, have a very imperfect world here. Um, but I think, you know, recognizing that divide, recognizing that, you know, there is a, a separation and, and just acknowledging that it is a thing is so incredibly important. Yeah. And I think when it's involved systematically, I I feel like I grew up recognizing, you know, racial privilege, seeing mm-hmm. that white people are definitely benefited by the system a lot more. And like gender, you see that or even just languages that you speak if you're an English speaker living in the U.S., you are way, way, 
like your life is so much easier than if you never grew up speaking English and having to learn mm -hmm. a second language. I think we see this here at school too. Like as a mm -hmm. English speaking student in an English class, it's way easier for me. And I'm in a position of privilege in yeah. comparison to someone who's maybe it's their third or fourth language they're trying to learn. But for me, I remember a specific privilege that was really shocking to me that I had just never thought about was just being an American with my passport. In the summers, I've worked at a peace and leadership program. And most of the years, I'm kind of the only American or there's been like out of 50, there'll be like maybe one other American too. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were talking about visas and even just racial discrimination with visas and getting into countries. And just from it, it, this conference is held in Switzerland. And so for me as an American, I can just kind of show up in mm -hmm. the country uh -huh. I, I with a tourist visa. I don't even have to apply for a visa, but just on the Schengen visa, you can just honestly show up to the country, do whatever you want with the understanding that you have to leave in 90 days. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking to one of my friends and he was coming from Nigeria. And for him, it was just such a painful and then like very expensive process to try to even get in the country, let alone like his actual process of getting there. Yeah. And so you see kind of just how every part of our life it, and that's like every part of our life has some part of privilege, I think, um, involved in it, which I think sometimes is a, a good thing. You know, like it just adds to the diversity of life and kind of mm. beauty of, hey, some of us just are built differently, like even physically, like with like privilege of being an able-bodied person versus like if you, yeah, are built differently or just different capabilities. I think it's natural and normal, but... I think it's important to focus on the things where it's the unnatural privileges we've kind of created, I guess, in society. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? And then also how that damages other people or like continues that. Yeah. I think, I think one thing is that it's, it's really important to be aware and it's mm -hmm. important to sort of like recognize that, um, not everybody has had the same experience that we've had. Um, even within kind of like the groups that we put ourselves in, like, I'm a black man, you're a white woman, Eli's a white man, like, but not every white man, white woman, black man has had the same life experiences. Yeah, of course. Um, like myself growing up, um, my dad works in the foreign service, so every three years we're moving to a different country. Mm -hmm. And I never really had thought about like, that that's not what everybody else goes through in their life. Um, just traveling around the world and then spits out and goes to college. And, and then when I, when I came here, it was kind of um, not necessarily a shock, but just kind of realizing and, and um, internalizing the idea that how lucky I've been throughout my life, that I've been able to kind of see and be exposed to all these different cultures, um, which is... I don't want to toot my own horn, but I feel like it's made me a lot more accepting and like um, willing to listen to other people. Um, but then when you see or when I see people who who might have not had those opportunities and being exposed to a lot of a diverse uh, group of people, it kind of makes me realize, oh, it's not just that, oh, I'm such a great person and I am so accepting. It's just that, oh, I've just got super, super lucky. And I got exposed to all of that. If I had lived a different life, I probably would be a lot different. Um, and I think being aware of that helps you to interact with people better and not judge them the way that, that you might in other ways.
I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think about the uh, opening page of The Great Gatsby where Nick is narrating. He's talking about how his father gave him this advice that, you know, whenever you feel like uh, criticizing anybody, just remember, not everyone has had the same experience as you have. And uh, you know, I think that rings true for everybody. Uh, and as far as what, Michael, you were talking about, um, like how it's made you a better person, how it's made you more understanding of other people at this school. I, I just think this school, it, it's so unique. And I think we need to take advantage of that. We need to own up to own that, um, that it, it's, it has this ability to help us recognize that we're very lucky with what we have in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the diversity of people we meet, um, especially for the mainland kids who typically have more, a little more privilege financially um, and, you know, and um, socially too, like what Rachel was talking about. I remember I was tutoring uh, one of my friends from Hong Kong uh, with poetry. And she, she wanted to write really like, beautiful poetry in English. And she was having a hard time like, understanding metaphors and, and um, you know, kind of descriptive words. And there were a couple of times where she would you know, begin crying because she was putting um, her English ability you know, as a way of valuing, valuing her worth as a person. And you know, that was, it was really hard to watch. But you know, I look around at kind of all the, uh, the pressures you know, foreign students have to deal with. Uh, that we mainland students don't have to. Um, you know, it's just so, so important to recognize and so important for us. We have, like, we got more of a lucky hand in life or in this situation, I think. Um, it's so important for us to be able to lift others up rather than to put them down. And I, I think the church is really all about that, though. It's about lifting people up with you rather than going up all on your own. Um, and um, Rachel also talked a little about uh, kind of uh, racial privilege. I think about my good friend Tim uh, from Delaware. So he, uh, his parents, he told me about the time his parents gave him the police talk when he was nine years old. And I, that, that never happened to me. I was like, that, that's never happened to me before. I, you know, that's like things we don't think about. We, we kind of like to think that, you know, race, racism is over, racial prejudice is over. But that's very, you know, it's just not true. Unfortunately, it's still going. And we're not going to make any progress with fixing these problems unless we talk about them. You know, we can we can sit and talk about all the problems in the world all day, but uh, unless we can think of a way to really fix it and make lasting change, I I think all that conversation's for naught, really. Right, and being able to use your privilege. I feel like this mm-hmm. conversation's been happening a lot more, like, in the past few years with even just, like, Oscar So White and, like, a lot of just in media of saying, hey, we need more representation, and you're seeing prominent white or wealthy or able-bodied you know, people that are able to use their position of, I guess, influence to mm-hmm. shed light on other issues. Or mm-hmm. I think the most important part is like passing the mic of like being like, hey, not only am I going to acknowledge this, but I'm also going to help fund and promote and put someone else's name on a building that deserves to be there rather than me. You know, right. if if you are a person who has, you know, a massive amount of privilege and for sure I think like you're saying um Eli if we kind of just act like oh well we just need to be nice and like you know it's privilege it's, it happens but we just need to treat people all the same it's not helpful I think you need to do, people need to be treated differently because they have been treated differently for so long and not obviously to promote or sustain the negative impacts but to give additional help Mm -hmm. and I think attention to people who've been neglected or treated 
differently for a really long time or like that are systematically oppressed i guess mm-hmm. yeah I, I do like that uh, i think it's important like we can sit and kind of talk about it and be like we need to be more aware about privilege and different things like that but i don't think it i mean it, it does a little good just to you know raise awareness about about these things but until people actually start doing things mm-hmm. then things can't change because if no one's doing anything then it stays the same yeah one of the things i do so for me i recognize like okay i grew up in a middle class family in utah super safe my childhood was great. We had an open yard. Like I was able to learn a lot. I was able to kind of do what I wanted to do. And um, obviously I'm white and my family is able to be educated. And that was something that was promoted in my house. Um, And we were able to, you know, be exposed to all these, or I guess we have access to all these privileges. We're Christian or LDS, you know, so the area I lived in is predominantly LDS. And so I was very normal in that sense. Mm-hmm. Like I felt accepted, world mm-hmm. catered to me in that realm. Um, and I was actually talking about this with a friend this morning about the concept of like echo chambers and how mm-hmm. it's so easy. I think when you're in position of privilege to be with surrounded by all the same thoughts and people who think like you and act like you to kind of be like, Oh, well this, this is normal. Like this yeah, is what it's, it's it is. good. They Without say understanding like, Oh my gosh, like there are people in very different situations who would never think the same way I do because their experiences have never shown that to them. And so for me, like, it's really important that I, it's like something I do to try to be intentional about like recognizing my privilege is um, like on social media, even I try to follow a lot of people that I normally wouldn't be exposed to or like that I don't think like, and I try to follow like different activists that are pretty open and adamant about discussing mm-hmm. discussing different issues, whether that's racial or gender or even like religious division and privilege stuff. And there's a there's a woman called Rachel Cargill, and she's um, I want to say she's a doctor. I'm not sure what her PhD is in, but she is um, she's an African American activist and feminist personality, and she is really. Um, incredible at like calling out like she'll what she'll do is she'll screenshot comments from white people or people of privilege like in her comments who are trying to be like yeah but you need to tone it down so that white people will be more accepting or something and she's really good at breaking down like how people use language or their positions to hold back other people mm-hmm. and so like for me that's something that sometimes I want to be like wait no that's <laughs> and then That's so good, I think. When I feel those feelings, I have to be like, oh, good. This is me unlearning something. Like part of Rachel Cargill, she has like a Patreon movement called The Great Unlearn. And it's all about that where it's like we've been taught a lot of things. And there's a lot of things we need to almost like unlearn. Mm -hmm. And to me, I feel like we need to use, we need to be a lot more intentional with the content that we look at and like the stories that we hear about and surround ourselves with people that we normally wouldn't or like perspectives I guess we wouldn't see yeah I I definitely see the danger of echo chambers um I mean I don't think I don't think you know growing up in Utah made it an echo chamber like like you said I think it's helpful too like I feel like I was a really like emotionally nurtured like cared for person Mm -hmm. I think it's helped me in a lot of ways yeah and it's so important to have like a sense of community, a sense of belonging to. And, and I guess, you know, 
um, you know, a different situation for me in Delaware. However, the church community there was pretty strong because there were so few of us. But there was a point when I realized, like, there's a lot of good people, too, who aren't of my faith. And it, it's yeah. so important to, like, you know, it helps you recognize how amazing the people of the world are, you know, just because someone's not a member of the church does not mean they're, doesn't mean they're a bad person, right? There's some amazing people in and outside. There's bad people in and outside as well. And kind of breaking down this kind of us-them idea, you know, is, is really important. Well, and also, like, I, I've long thought, you know, a real friend is someone that you can have a conversation with and disagree, but still be friends. You know, like, mm -hmm. being a yes man does not equal being a friend. Right. Right. Just agreeing with what someone says or just kind of, like, saying, oh, yeah, you're totally right and just supporting them. That's not really – it's not really conducive to growth at all. Yeah, I remember just some people from uh, another state I was talking to, and, you know, they had fa a fairly you know, upper-class, kind of middle-upper-class lifestyle. And, um, and they were talking about Yamana K in this very kind of dismissive way. And I almost wanted to say, well, not everyone has a four-story house in Salt Lake to go home to, you know? Right. Not everyone's going to be able to have this, like, they don't have the luxury to, you know, fall back on, right? And it, it's just so important to recognize that, like, you know, and like you said, you know, not everyone has the opportunities that we have. And, um, you know, trying to see it from their point of view, trying to think like a psychologist, trying to react differently, not with anger, not with, you know, kind of dismissiveness, but trying to be like, wait a second, they were raised in this environment, they were taught this, they were not given this opportunity, maybe that's why they think that way. Maybe it's not this big conspiracy to destroy white people, you know? Um, and I think a lot about, you know, uh, from the anthropology perspective, the emic perspective, we've talked a lot about kind of looking within some within someone's culture, within someone's point of view, and, you know, doing our best not to judge with our predetermined ideas. That's such an important, uh, you know, aspect of privilege. Yeah, I think, um, shoot, y'all said a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think, I think it is important to to be able to to see people also as you know as individuals and to and to look at them and be able to talk with with everybody and say hey listen there might be something that you said or that you're upbringing everything like that um but it, it doesn't we don't have to look at everybody um as sort of like in the groups i think as we take people as individuals um we can sort of start to tear down some of the walls that have been set up um, by ourselves and kind of also as byproducts of the world that we live in. Um, I like what you said earlier, Eli, um, from The Great Gatsby. That's like my favorite mm -hmm. book. Um, the opening page, what, what um, Nick's dad told him, that before you judge these people, remember that they haven't had the same experiences that you have. And I think that's important for all of us to remember um, that we shouldn't judge people, um, even if we feel like we're in the right. Um, I think if we want to make change, um, you know, we have to be better than than the the people who who we think are in the wrong. We have to, you know, take the high road. Something that Michelle Obama talks about a lot is you know being mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, today but thank you so much rachel for coming on um next week we'll be back and we'll have a special 
edition of the podcast. We're bringing back Kelly Martinez, and it's going to be a very, very fun episode. Come back. I don't want to give too much away, but come back next week, same time, same place. <laughs>